Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. Welcome again to another exciting edition of Wiffle's Press Box Podcast. Notice how I said exciting. I, I, I am so sure this is going to be an exciting podcast. It probably will be the best one we've ever done. <laughs> it's not a scintillating podcast, but it's going to be exciting. <laughs> I'm uh, Gary Wolfel, and uh, as usual, I'm joined by the incredibly gifted phenom from wow. Arsenal, Jerry Tapp. You've been talking to my grade school teachers again? No, you're, you, I've been talking to your agent. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, you got Mark Bartlestein, the best in the business. I wonder why my agent doesn't return my calls. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> Anyways, well, we're going to talk about something that's definitely exciting, and, and that was the uh, Milwaukee Brewers storybook season. I mean, from opening day until Game 7 of the National League Championship Series, they provided us with some of the best entertainment we've seen from a professional sports team in Wisconsin in a long, long time. Probably, you know, the Packers Super Bowl run. But yeah. anything that stood out or any thoughts on, on the Brewers season? The thing that I think about is that I think people thought that the Brewers were going to be a decent team. I think as the season went on, I think they looked at them as a potential playoff team. I don't think that people and fans saw them as a team that was going to go to Game 7 of the championship series and would be kind of knocking on, on the door of the World Series. So I talked to somebody the other day, and we were talking about the Game 7 loss, and I, I said it almost seemed like the Brewers were playing with house money once they made the playoffs. And I know that's kind of a cliche, but I really felt that way. It's like, you know what, they didn't make the World Series. It would have been great. But, boy, how many people could have said this is the kind of season they were going to have? I don't think too many of them would. No, I, I, I was one of them. I, I really thought that they would make the playoffs. Yeah. I also thought they would lose in the first round and uh, not advance uh, to the uh, championship series. Or even lose in a wild card game. Correct. It, it was just an incredible year. And I think you and I talked about this in the past. I, I used to be a huge baseball fan all, all the way through grade school, high school, college. And then when the uh, pet era came into being... It lost me. I just yeah. lost total respect for baseball. I had little interest in baseball. And then uh, from a Brewers standpoint, when Ryan Brun uh, threw this innocent guy from Kenosha under the bus uh, and was adamant about, you know, that he was innocent and this guy was just framing him, yeah. that, that put me over the top and I had absolutely no use for baseball. But the last couple of years, I've been coming around again. And I'll be honest with you. This year, I got into baseball like I haven't since probably my college years. Yeah. And it was because of Craig Council. And he made baseball not only fun, he made it interesting. I mean, it, it became cerebral, yeah. you know? It wasn't right. like this cookie-cutter game anymore where you trot the pitcher out for, you know, six, five, six, seven innings, right. bringing a middle reliever and then a closer, you know? Yeah. Traditional baseball. I mean, he went against the grain like few coaches or few managers have ever done in the history of baseball. And I, I'm sure there's other people that are that were just as intrigued as me. I think the last six weeks, and I, and I think the two things that I remember, that I will remember the most, is the, the last six weeks of Christian Yelich's season. Mm -hmm. I mean, he carried that team over the last month, month and a half. But I think to your point, 
what Council did in terms of you and I earlier in the season talked about how Council was going to handle Hater, and I was one of those people that said you either got to make him the closer or you got to make him the starter. You can't just you know kind of willy nilly throw him in whenever. And you know what, Craig Council he proved me wrong. He used him in different situations mm-hmm. in a game. And so I think the second thing that I'll remember about the end of this season was how Council basically went against the way baseball normally was in terms of how he used that pitching staff, how he used the bullpen. There wasn't always the same closer. There wasn't always the same guys coming in the middle of the game. And I think if you look at even Game 7, the fact that Hayter came in in the third inning, again, these were moves that were not seen Correct. In baseball over many, many, many years. I mean, if you're an opposing manager, you had to be beside yourself because how do you really prepare for this team right. and, from, and, from and, a pitching standpoint? And also just think of the way that he had Wade Miley start that game yes. where he threw to one batter. <laughs> I mean, again, how many times has that happened? I don't think it's ever happened in right. postseason play you know, unless somebody got hurt. But, I mean, it was so off the wall. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing, Gary, too, that I find interesting is you know, people, every time the Brewers would lose a game, yeah, they would always point the finger, oh, Council should have done this, should have yeah, done exactly. that. And you know what the thing is? Council never deviated from how he managed that team from day one of the season. And I give him credit. He managed the team the way he wanted to. He utilized the pitching staff, and he utilized the lineup, and he never deviated from his game plan. And I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and I want to segue into Craig Council's uh, future in Milwaukee here. And if I'm not mistaken, he's got two more years left on his contract. But I just think the last three years now, the Brewers have won 73 games, and they bumped it up to 86 last year and then 96 this year. Yeah, He is 48 years old. I mean, yeah. a couple of years ago, I, I did kind of an informal search on managers and coaches when they were hired, you know, some of the great coaches. Yeah. And it's incredible the high percentage of them that were hired in their 40s, like oh, mid-40s. Interesting. That went on to be really good. And, and to, to me, Council is definitely in the prime of his managerial career now. Right. He's, he's got three-plus seasons. Yep. Now, if I'm Stearns and I'm Antonaggio, priority number one, number one, I know they got things they got to do. I would extend counsel two more years and yeah. say, hey, you know what? We got a foundation here. We believe in them that much. This is going to be a Craig Council driven organization. Yeah. And I'll say, hey, tack on two more years mm-hmm. and go from there. I think that's a great point. And I think it probably will happen too. And I think going back to your thing about how they went from 73 wins to 86 to 96, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first time that's ever happened in Brewer history where a manager has increase the win total by more than 10 wins in two consecutive seasons. And it may be one of the few times it's happened in baseball where it's been the same manager. I think it's happened when they bring in a new manager. But to have somebody like Council increase the win total by 10 or more wins over a course of two consecutive seasons, I think that's pretty rare. And I think it speaks to your point about you know keeping him on board. Now, can the Brewers win 106 next year? I don't <laughs> think that that's no. going to happen. But, boy, you'd sure like to think that they're going to be in that 91 total. Absolutely. So uh, that, that's my priority, number one. Now, number two priority from my perspective is that they have to go out and get a front-line starting pitcher. And I've said this for the last two years. You and I have done these podcasts, and 
It goes back to when they could have had possibly got Verlander, you know, last season. I'm just thinking if they would have had Verlander last year and they had Verlander this year, yeah. I'm not so sure that they wouldn't be been in the World Series on both occasions. Good chance. You know, I'm not saying it would have happened, but gosh, when you get a chance to get a guy like that, you got to seal the deal. Yeah. But anyways, they got to somehow get at worst a number two starter. You know, yeah. somebody that can come in and. You can try it out there like the Dodgers did. I mean, the Dodgers were just like, you know, Kershaw, Kershaw. and Ryu and uh, Bueller. <laughs> I mean, but those are three really good starting pitchers. Yeah. And if you get three starting pitchers like that, that go five, six, seven innings, and then you got Hayter and Jeffress and Knabel, Yeah. my goodness, you, you got something special. It's interesting to think, too, Gary, if, uh, what Joe Buck and John Smoltz talked a lot about, which is, the Brewers pitching staff that we saw at the end of this year and in the playoffs mm-hmm. is not going to be the pitching staff we're going to see next year. Yes. You know, they went the whole season without Jimmy Nelson. They went most of the season without Zach Davies. Yeah, they did pick up Chassin, who, who had a really nice season for them. And then they've had a couple of young guys in Woodruff and Burns who potentially could be good back-of-the-rotation guys as well. Maybe even Buck mentioned it during the broadcast here, Smoltz. The Brewers could have eight or nine pitchers that could go into spring training next year as potentially being one of the five starters. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about Peralta or Guerra. I mean, they, they do have a plethora of starters that they can choose from. But to your point, it would be nice if they could convince a top-of-the-line free agent to come that could really stabilize that first or second spot. Yeah, and, and you know, you think, okay, Jimmy Nelson might be coming back and he's healthy. But that's if. It's a big if. It's a big if. Right. And you say, okay, what about Burns, you know, moving in the rotation? Yeah, he, he might be, but again, it's an if. You yeah. don't know what he's going to do right. over the long course of the season. Yeah. But the guy I just have a ton of uh, faith in it is Woodruff. Right. I, I think that kid's got the package. He's got the not only the physical tools, he's got the mental disposition like yeah. he pitched the other night. I mean he was he was really good. But yeah, he's been good down you know, down the stretch as a whole. Absolutely. I think as you and I talked about a little bit before the broadcast, I I think he's gonna be a real stud in, in the league. So you know, and and again we always have to look at I think uh, the Brewers showed again this year that you can never have enough starting pitchers, so because of injury and a variety of reasons that could take your five starters that you go into the season with, and then you find out that you, you need more than that. And uh, my other priority yeah. would be getting rid of Ryan Braun. Uh, <laughs> that's been my priority. Usually that was my number one priority the last three seasons. Yeah. But to me, it's like this guy is going to be turning, you know he's going to be 35, 35 next month. Mm. 35, okay? This is what he's bad in the last five seasons now. 266, 285, he had a great year, 305, 268, 254 this year, 254. Yeah. Very, very pedestrian. Yeah. And then in the uh, National League Championship Series, guess what do you think he hit? The Championship Series? Yeah. Probably barely 200. He shocked me. 241. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, okay. It's one thing not, to, I mean, to have a batting average that low, and I, I'm, there's other factors in it as well. But yeah. in the uh, NLCS, he walked twice, right? He struck out nine times. Yeah. 
And, and some of those pitches, he wasn't even in the same area code. Yeah. But the kicker here is, okay, you can say, you know, what you want about Ryan Brown or not. Here's where I have a real problem, though. Next year, he will be paid $19 million. Mm-hmm. The following year, $17 million. Mm-hmm. The following year, he's in other words, he's got three more years on his contract, yeah. $15 million. So you're talking $51 million over the next three years. Yeah. And... Yeah, there's no way they're even going to remotely come close to getting that kind of production out of that Probably. for that kind of money. Yeah. And just think of the flip side. If you had that money available to you, you could go out and get some pretty nice players. I think so. <laughs> you know, or you can invest in prospects or whatever you want to do with it. But that's a lot of money to play for a guy that, you know, isn't impactful anymore. Right. Yeah. And I think the key is going to be who do they have? ready to take his place. I mean, we saw the fact that the Brewers went out and got Lorenzo Cain and got Christian Yelich, and I think they did a pretty good job of stabilizing two-thirds of that outfield. Now what they really need is they need to find that third person in the outfield. It's going to give them a great outfield. Mm-hmm. I, I think what you're saying, if I can read your cryptic <laughs> notes here, there you go. is that you don't think Braun is that third person. That being the case, who is? You know, is Domingo Santana, who had a nice mm-hmm. postseason and, and uh, you know, September. Is it Broxton? Is it somebody else? Are they going to sign a free agent that they can bring in and either play left or be able to move Yelich over to left and have somebody be a right fielder? Those, again, are part of the questions that are going to be asked. So I hear what you're saying about Braun, and I think it's a very valid point. And the other part of that that you didn't even mention is the fact that Braun hasn't stayed healthy over the last correct, four or five years. Correct, You know, I, I was thinking this last couple of days. He's got to be among the most overpaid players in sports, not just baseball, any sport. Be, you know. I mean, when you're making, I think he made $20 million this year, mm-hmm. and you can only bat two fifty four. Yeah. You know, a run-of-the-mill batting average, and, and he provides little else. I, I don't know. He, to me, it's he, like you can go out and get a guy – for a couple million that could bat 250 or yeah. you know do the same t- kind of things he's doing. See, I was a big fan of, of Brett Phillips, and I really looked forward to the time when Phillips was going to be up there and get regular playing time. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, I could easily have seen him being the right fielder and move Yelich to the left and them having a, a young, really vibrant outfield. Well, of course, they had to, they traded Phillips you yeah. know, to get sure. some of the players that they needed. But, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see – what they do. But again, with, with Braun, um, he went and had a halfway decent September when they went through, you know, their 20 and 7 month. And I really think that Braun could have endeared himself to people like you and the other Brewer faithful mm-hmm. if he would have had a really, really strong postseason. Correct. And that, that really didn't happen. Yeah, and, and you and I talked about this uh, off the podcast a couple weeks ago. Braun was batting in the three hole. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a big-time player in that spot. Yep. The one criticism I had of Council was putting Braun in the three-hole. Yeah. And I think Council's looking at Ryan Braun from, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. He's not the same player anymore. It'd be great if he was, but he yeah. certainly wasn't. So I got one other change that I would like to see the Brewers make, and that's to bring in Keston Hero, their hotshot phenom second baseman. I mean, second base is still – yeah. You know, kind of a uh, iffy position for the Brewers, and I think you know they get, you got to give this kid a chance. Right. And if not, you got guys that you know you can plug in the holes, and you know Shaw can always move over there and so forth. But right. 
this kid has a chance to be really good. Yeah. And I think they, they got to roll the dice on him and say, hey, what can you do for us? And, you know, come up and be a productive player right off the bat. He would help this team tremendously. I wonder if, if the Brewers are somewhat hesitant, having observed Ar- Arcia. Um, you know, Arcia came up early when he was fairly young. He had his, mm-hmm. has had his struggles. I mean, he's a guy that really, if you want to, if you want to talk about who might have been the Brewers MVP in the postseason, RC would be somebody that would that you could probably throw up there and say, this guy really performed well. I think they're pretty solid at shortstop. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that maybe his batting woes have been taken care of. Now, see, he impressed me down the stretch. Yeah, he really did. He he, he played with maturity. Right. I mean, it wasn't like a young kid. Exactly. He, he played with a lot of poise. Right. And a lot and of let's confidence. Hope that that's going to move forward. Yeah. But that having been said, you know, third base, they're going to have to choose between Mustakis and Shaw and decide, you know, what direction they're going to go there, mm-hmm. which I think if they stay with Mustakis, then where does that leave Shaw? He's going to be a trading chip if, if he, they do. He very well you know, I, could, I could see him. And I think another thing is, and did we see in the playoffs, Jesus Aguilar really show some of his weaknesses as well? Sure, sure. Is, is he going to be a guy that's going to hit another 30-plus homers this year, or is he going to be somebody that just had one good season? Oh, exactly. I don't know. I don't know the answer Exactly. That. You know, in light of the fact that the Brewers played so well this year, there's a lot of optimism about mm-hmm. the future, and, and rightfully so. I mean, if you, you heard the Brewers in their post-game comments, they're already looking forward to next season. You, yeah. you listen to media people, and they're all gung-ho. Everybody's on the Brewer bandwagon right sure. now. But as you well know, baseball's a fickle game. Oh, absolutely. There, there aren't any guarantees right. you're, you're coming back. And, and look at this year. Yeah. The Cubs, I think there's like six or seven teams that could have easily been in Brewers' situation. You have Atlanta, which has a ton of really good young players. Yeah. you got the Cubs, of course. Yep. you got the Dodgers, of course. Colorado showed it could be there with another addition, depending upon what they do during the offseason. Right. St. Louis can never be dismissed. Right. And then you have Washington, which spends a ton of money. They've underachieved. And underachieved, but you just wonder, like, okay, what if they achieve, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's easy to get caught up in that trap and saying, oh, yeah, the Brewers are going to be back in the NLCS. Yeah. That, that's dangerous territory. I oh, mean, absolutely. I mean, they, they could take a step back. I mean, but that's the way baseball is, and that's, that's the wonderful thing about baseball. Yeah, the Brewers are going to go into this coming, the 2019 season, as a team that, that people are going to probably jump on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. But they were certainly not that kind of team starting with the 2018 season. So I think they surprised a lot of people. But who's to say that Pittsburgh or San Francisco or, again, the Mets or Philly yeah, I mean, might be a team that... And that's the other thing, Gary, and I know we've talked about this again on the program. The National League is wide open. Not yes. in comparison to the American League. The American League, when you look at Houston and Boston and the Yankees, and then maybe throw, you know, the Oakland A's in there, those are really the four best teams that are in the American League. The National League is wide open. If you get a few breaks and stay away from injuries and maybe pick up a solid player here and there, anybody can go from mediocrity to making the playoffs and making a serious run. No, no question about it. And you know, um, we're talking about baseball and, and its equality. I was, I was looking this up before. Since 2008, okay, the World Series, get this, there have been 14 
different teams that have gotten to the World Series yeah. since 2008. Yeah. It's not like the NBA and saying, okay, we know LeBron's team is going to get there. Golden we know State. Golden State's going to get there. And maybe one other team, you know, yeah. might, might sneak in, okay? Yeah. I mean, it's so predictable. And, and that's why I think that's going to come back to haunt the NBA down the road unless they get a more competitive balance. Right. A lot of these teams don't have a prayer by midseason. They, right. they, they're out of it already. But with yeah. baseball, my goodness, like I said, 14 teams. Get this. Since 2008, they have not had a repeat World Series champion. Right. That's incredible. It is. I mean, so, I mean, if you're a baseball fan in any city, you can say, you know what? We were cruddy last year, but there's always hope because it's baseball. Absolutely, no doubt. And then the other thing, in that same span, okay, the only team that got to the World Series three times, okay, was San Francisco. That was it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's incredible. And then one other little number I found that I thought was interesting, in the last seven World Series, okay, Four of them have gone seven games. Yeah. It just tells you there is a competitive balance. Absolutely. Well, with that, that done, who do you like in the World Series here? I, I real, I, I've said from uh, probably a couple month or a couple months ago. Yeah. I, I really like Boston. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they won it in four or five. The only thing that I think may help the Dodgers is. I was really impressed with the Dodgers' bullpen yes. against the Brewers. So if they're, they're starting pitching, which is strong, if they're starting pitching falters or if they do get the lead against Boston, um, I could see them you know, making this a, a series. But I really like the way that Boston swings the bats, and I think Chris Sale is going to be available to pitch a couple of games for the Red Sox. So I really like the Red Sox, and again, either – I guess a sweep would be surprising, but I, I think either five or six. Yeah. Going into the uh, National League Championship Series between the uh, Brewers and Dodgers, I picked the Dodgers to win six. Mm-hmm. I like the Dodgers a lot, and I also like Boston. I, I think it's just going to be just an incredibly good World Series. But I picked Boston to win it last year, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's when Houston bumped them. Yeah. And uh, so, again... To me, it's a toss-up. I, I I just can't see one team being clearly superior to the other. Although, if you base it on regular season records, I mean, what Boston did yeah. was just absolutely amazing. Yeah, they kind of blazed through the American League. But lastly, we uh, want to uh, send out kudos to the Milwaukee Brewers fans. Yeah. I mean, Milwaukee and the state of the Wisconsin for the last, what, four weeks, five weeks, yeah. has just been in a frenzy. Yeah, it was and, cool. and I thought it was just indicative of how good sports fans are in Wisconsin. Yeah. If your teams win, they'll support you. And even if they don't win, you're going to have still a strong core of fans. And, uh, you know, for the Brewers to draw almost, what, 3 million people this yeah. year in that kind of a market? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they don't even have a million people in the city of Milwaukee. And Chicago has, what, 7, 8 million people? Yeah. Right. You know? To do what they did, it was amazing, and it was just fun to uh, be a part of. I think it's also, if you think back to the championship series against the Dodgers, I think the national media was really impressed with Milwaukee and their fan base because they more than a handful of times mentioned about the fan base and the support and, you know, with the yellow towels and how loud it was. Um 
So yeah, I think the Brewer fans really showed well to the national media. Uh, it, it's similar to everybody knows how the Packers are, you know, the smallest market in the NFL, and the Brewers being, you know, one of the smaller markets in in Major League Baseball. But you're absolutely right. The fans have done a tremendous job of supporting the team and did, especially, you know, once that train got running in September and you started to think, you know what, they might be able to do something here and really make it. And then obviously to tie the Cubs on the last day Mm -hmm. and then to beat them and that, uh, it was pretty cool to see that. And I hope that 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 whole energy kind of stays with you know, the team as they head into next season. You know, I've been around or I've attended thousands of games in my career as a journalist, and nobody can convince me otherwise that the home field is not an yeah. advantage. I mean, when the Brewers came back from L.A. for game yeah. six, I mean, that crowd came to play, and, yeah. and you could just feel the adrenaline that was in the rush that was yeah. going through Miller Park. and. Players feed off of that. Absolutely. You know, is it always going to help a team prevail? Of course not. I mean, yeah. it, it, it happened. It didn't happen in this case. But right. Wisconsin sports fans are very good. I, I think they're some of the best in the country. I would agree. Uh, you know, hats you know off to them. One other thing that I want to mention is I, I hope that something that doesn't happen um, in this off season is if you think back to they trade Christian Yelich. No, <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> no. going to happen. I, I think if you think back to that series with the Dodgers, I don't think I'm off base by saying that there's a couple games that the Brewers could have could have won that they lost. Game two, they probably should have won. The extra inning game, they could have won. But that having been said, now that they've lost the championship series, mm-hmm. what I don't want to see happen is I don't want to see people second guess Council or the Brewers. They have or, them. Or, that, that's the nature of fans, Jerry. No, I understand. We, that, we live I, in a total different world. It's what you did today. Yeah. I, I've seen writers just write some incredible, incredibly good stories. Yeah. And they misstep one time in, in Twitter right. world and everybody goes crazy. But I guess I, I, would, I would hope that people would be appreciative of the fact of the season that they had mm-hmm. and how well they played and that there wouldn't be these naysayers and second guessers that would say, well, yeah, they went to the championship series and they went to Game Seven, but you know they should have won that series and they should be in the World Series. Yeah, I, right, I, right. I just don't think that that's that <laughs> any, serves any purpose. Anybody that second guess Craig Council, and you can second guess. I mean, I mean that goes with the territory of being a manager, a coach. But yeah. this guy got you to the seventh game right. of the National League Championship Series, and to say he cost you a chance to get to the World Series, they're idiots. And there are a lot of these people out yeah. there that are idiots. They, they just don't get it. Yeah, I, I really don't. I, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't want to have to read about it or listen to it. But but I think you're right. There probably will be people that now that the season is over and probably after the World Series, you're going to get these pundits that are going to say, okay, here's what the Brewers did wrong and why they should have been in the World Series and won it. Uh, again, let's just... Let's accept the fact that they had a great season, and let's move on and get excited for 2019. Well said. And with that, I think uh, we'll call it a wrap, Jerry. Thank you uh, for coming by our posh studio. I I know your brother loves these studios, too. Hey, who wouldn't love these studios? (laughs) I mean, Howard Howard Stern probably wants us someday, you know? Although I, I, I I, I do think Rich said that he's never been invited. No, nor will he. <laughs> <laughs>
And on that note, uh, let's let's call it a wrap. And uh, again, thanks, Jerry, for everything. And, You're welcome. Uh, thank you uh, for listening, and we'll see you the next time. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWuffle and Wuffle'sPressBox.com.